Welcome to Screen Talk and New Wires Weekly Movie Podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, joined as always by Ann Thompson, and we are a week and change into uh, the post-Oscar nomination stage of the season, and certainly the campaigning is, is continuing and on. So you're out in the world, I think, a little bit more than me in terms of seeing how these things are taking shape. It's not what it was last year. People are out there, but it's a smaller crop of folks. So what are you seeing in terms of, of how these campaigns are taking shape now that it's crunch time? Well, they're coming back to um, Earth, as you like. You know, you're, you're right. The, the The world is returning to to events and handshaking and uh, interior <laughs> panels. Uh, so Benedict Cumberbatch was the first one I, I was aware of coming into L.A. for a Power of the Dog event uh, at the... Uh, the infamous uh, San Vicente bungalows, um, which is where everybody's been hanging out during the pandemic because yeah. it's outdoors and there's a screening room there. Um, and then uh, I went to a PTA event, uh, uh, otherwise known as Paul Thomas Anderson, at the um, Arrow. He was really uh, doing it over the weekend. He he did a Q&A with Joaquin Trier for Worst um person in the world he 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 had a double feature of some of his old movies uh, and then he showed uh, licorice pizza and i turned up for that to see it again on in 70 mm-hmm. millimeter and he did a q a and it was really fun listening to him you know he's he's really a charmer and you sat down with him yeah we, we talked for close to an hour i think what's fascinating to me about pt anderson is that he is one of the few directors who has assumed a true kind of auteur status in American culture in the last 20 years and and has such a robust kind of uh, fan base and a lot of so much respect for him and all, all these levels. But then he has a kind of aw shucks quality at the same time when he's talking about his work where it's sort of like he has a sort of everyman kind of thing going where he's like, he's just one of the people, you know, he loves movies and he just wants to get this movie out there. But, you know, behind the scenes, this guy has been working his ass off to make this a big theatrical movie, you know, not to say that it was the biggest hit in that respect, but it, it has been playing in theaters for months all over the country. And I think that's pretty unique this season. This is still not a movie that's on VOD. It really only exists. No, in and he's put this is the why he's doing uh, this. I mean, on the one hand, of course, um, he got three Oscar nominations for picture director and screenplay. Big ones, and he's yeah. in a position perhaps to win screenplay, although that category is very um, competitive, actually. Yeah. Um, if, if we wanted to talk about that for a second, um, Dune uh, has the sympathy vote. Because Villeneuve didn't get uh, Poor guy. director, he only got picture and and uh, and he was and very graceful play. about it. I was actually gracious, I would say. He was he was lovely, saying I'm happy for whatever I got. You know, that's that's you know that's what was he gonna say? Right, like the right how thing could the say. Academy diss me and not give me best director? I mean. Ben Affleck not the guy who's gonna, who's gonna, you know, he's not gonna. His PR people, if he didn't do it on his own, certainly said, "Don't complain," <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, but he gets. The, he's a lovely man, uh, Villeneuve, and and he gets. He gets a. a, a there is a, an Eric Roth who is not someone to be uh, dismissed um, with with like seven nominations and one win, all adapted. By the way, uh, he won for Forrest Gump, so he wrote it with this guy John Spates. Um, and the three of them did it together. They all got credit. So that's a possibility. And of course, um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, no slouch either. Very, you know, she won in Venice uh, for screenplay. She's really um, 
um, going going great guns with Lost Daughter uh, will do very well at the Spirits coming right. up, for example. But see, those those are um, adapted screenplay in in, in original. So the PTA P is going to win original. His competition could is Kenneth Branagh. You also have King Richard there, and King Richard is a very well liked movie in some ways that are probably not being spoken of enough. I mean, it the is thing, a very popular the thing to calculate. And it's, it's a difficult thing to calculate, um, with the two different, uh, categories is who's new and who's overdue. Right. So, um, Zach Balin is, is new. And, and so in some ways he's arrived with a nomination and not um, new, like the, uh, like the Diablo Cody slot where it's sort of like this rock star when they run away with it and, right. and it's an arrival of that level of, of a, of a real voice. Yeah. But uh, Juno, you know, that's, that's, that would, right. that would be the, the, the moment for her. But, but the question, the question for is the way that it works and it really does work this way um often is that you 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 realize that the voters are looking at the ballot and figuring out how they're going to spread it out so each movie that they really love gets something and it's a question of figuring out which thing it's going to get um most often um right so well is Maggie it, it gonna win for olivia coleman like, right. like if, if a love Olivia Coleman wins actress, then they could give adapted screenplay to someone else. If if PTA isn't going to win director or picture, then maybe they give him original screenplay. If um, Belfast isn't going to win anything else, maybe they give him original screenplay. Yeah, That's well, that problem. that makes the case that it is super hard to predict the, both of these categories. I mean, just in terms of how do you spread it out when there are so many different possibilities? I mean, I don't know how many voters are thinking about what's going to win, but it does feel like the spread it out philosophy is is really complex this year because it's not like a parasite type of year where you no, have a movie not. that's like dominating a bunch of different places. And people so. who are fancifully hoping that drive my car is somehow going to be a parasite uh, should should cool their jets because honestly, uh, it will win international. I'm pretty sure, and I'm hoping uh, as a result that Flea would take documentary, which you know it can't win animation. So, so I think that could play out that way. I, I drive my car winning screenplay or, or director or, or picture is unlikely. Well, it is unlikely. And, and I think what you're talking about is that Twitter bubble of people who aren't really looking at the reality of these, the way these things, like sometimes Twitter is real life. In this case, Twitter is not real life, but it is notable that there were people saying after the nominations come, came out that they still needed to see drive my car. So Oh, this is a be. real thing. This yeah. is a real factor that everyone should be aware of. Even if there was a record number of people who participated in, in the nominations voting, there are way many people who are catching up. And some people right. are completists. There's this one director I know who's obsessive about seeing every single uh, short, be. you know, mm -hmm. but very few people do that, really. And but, they're catching you know, up. P.T. Anderson told me he hadn't seen... Uh, drive my car yet 
because he was waiting for when he had enough time to sit through it all, which I assume is, is because, you know, this is a theatrical movie that right now, at least you can only really watch on the Academy portal. So that's the question for Academy members is, are you making time for the three hour movie that got these surprising major I would hope they would go to the theater on that, in that case, uh, it's it's, things are lightening up now to see but everyone's the theater changing. is to be I mean, captive. And I think power of the dog is another one. I have concerns about this because if you watch The Power of the Dog at home, distracted, putting it on hold for dinner or multitasking with your phone, um, we all know the temptation. I was watching Kimmy last night, the Soderbergh movie on yeah. TV, and, and I had to really be disciplined with myself and say, <laughs> you are not looking at your phone while you're watching this movie. You are not going to do that. And, 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 you know, people should leave their phones in the other room and, and focus because but, Power of the Dog has details fed to you that you I need to pay attention to. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to leave their phone. I mean, that's, I think you're right in the sense that these are movies that are just experienced better when you don't have any distractions. But the reality is that a lot of people are just watching things when they're watching things and they're not going to make, you know, big decisions about controlling their environment and so forth. And I'm sure that will play a role in certain kinds of ways that various films end up performing. I mean, that's just the challenge that we're dealing with culturally in general right now, but it is a, it is a fascinating one because there's so many different kinds of films in play this year. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's not like West side stories is, is, you know, the front runner in major on all these major categories because it's a big theatrical movie. So. No, and it's trying to catch up. So what's going on is that some movies are, are actually uh, PTA's effort. What, the reality in the theatrical marketplace is that if you do have a Q&A, people show up, right? So it, it, is, it is a good way to boost uh, your attendance. Uh, they're coming to see you as much as the movie. And then uh, the other um, reality is that someone like Steven Spielberg doesn't play that game. He's not going out and doing Q&As. And, and Licorice Pizza is doing better in, in release right now uh, in terms of an uptick uh, percentage-wise uh, than, than West Side Story. And, uh, but they're all trying to catch up. They're all trying to get people to come now that they've got some, some uh, buzz. But Drive My Car is now going to be available on HBO Max and that is all is that right right yeah drive my car uh which I you know I reported over the weekend was partly brought out in, in tandem with Janice through this new entity called Sideshow that had Jonathan Searing formerly of IFC involved in its release so because it, as it crossed a, uh you know a million dollars at the box office it was announced that this movie had it had it sold its VOD rights to HBO Max so I think that's pretty significant that it will be available there after this long theatrical run, much like Nightmare Alley. Uh, when when will it be available on HBO in, Max? In early March. So before the deadline and, and more or less on the right kind of timeline for people to more people to be seeing it and maybe talking about it. But again, it's not really a VOD movie. Part of the secret to its success has been that it, it's been so specific 
to having a theatrical life. Well, I approve uh, in that so particular case, but you do, I mean, obviously the Academy people will see it and, and they'll catch up with it if they're willing to sit through a three hour movie in Japanese. And, and they are not all going to be willing to do that. That's the trick. And it's not a genre movie like Parasite. It's not an entertainment. Right. It is totally compelling. It is one of my, it was at the top of my top 10 list, but it is not necessarily the kind of rollicking genre movie as Parasite was. Right, right. So why don't we talk about how the ceremony is, is shaping up? Because that's another thing that, you know, we started to dig into it last week when we found out that it didn't sound like the Academy was going to require vaccination. So that seems to be the situation. They haven't um, confirmed that. And one of the points I made when uh, the Hollywood Reporter reported that was that they were hearing it from a source, right? Right. You know? Well, and then so, a lot of times... So, then sources things. have confirmed that that's right. the plan, but the Academy itself has not confirmed that they are uh, planning, that they have the option to change their mind. And they, they wanted to see how that would play. And they are they are chasing people who, who they want, who turn out to not be vaccinated. My little research has shown that the likely candidate um, who won last year, who would present to the winner this year, um, is probably Daniel Kaluuya, who might not be vaccinated, along with Van Morrison, who we know is but an then there's, there's You never know how, how deep that goes there, there could be, could be you know for all we know beyonce doesn't you know isn't yeah, or for all we know somebody who's not a famous nominee i right. mean it, no it, but they wouldn't you know. do this if there weren't a number of people involved right. that they wanted to get uh to show up right no but who it, matter it, to them people who matter to them right well I, mean, this, I think i pointed out last week it's similar to the kind of like the request for zoom dispensation which didn't happen for, for in, in really uh you know it didn't go so well so now they're I think they'll be more forgiving want. so so that's Hopkins happening turns out to, to someone like him judy dench doesn't fly and she wins they've got to have something in place right. for her right. i don't know maybe they'll do the satellite uh thing again for the people who can't get over here um but they're obviously trying to get as many people in it. We don't know yet. We haven't heard what the actual uh, details are. My sense is that it's very much the same as it would ordinarily be if they're even considering not having people. Um, the question is, are they going to limit the number of people in the theater? Are they, if they're doing this whole testing thing, what are the, what are the, um, what are, what are the, the logistics of that? Well, we'll, we'll find these things out uh, as time goes on. But so the other new... uh, guild shows, SAG, DGA, WGA, yeah. PGA, all requiring vaccinations, yeah. all very I mean, this protocols. should be a no-brainer. I mean, film festivals are requiring vaccinations. It, you know, the handful of talent that might be difficult about this is, in theory, not worth whatever additional brew. That's my feeling. But we haven't seen the complete. That's why back. it has to be someone on the level of a Kaluuya or a Beyonce for them to be. There must be. There are two very different that. levels. Let's be honest. As no, much as but I Kaluuya actually won last year. It's and the we tradition. Got to be clear. We don't know who's. We on don't the, know. I'm saying. Know. I, I think I Van the Morrison process is of a elimination. Problem. Anthony Hopkins and um, the the winner for Parasite. Um, they both. Uh, were absolutely jabbed in public. And the third person is Francis McDormand, who totally had to meet the protocols of the New York Film Festival in order to show up for the tragedy of Macbeth. So the fourth person is Kaluuya. It's just the process of elimination. Let's let's talk about hosts, because we definitely know who's hosting. There are three hosts. What do you think of these three? So let's talk about Regina Hall, 
Amy Schumer, who's the third one. I can't keep Wanda Sykes. my head. Wanda Sykes. <laughs> I mean, Regina Hall had two movies at Sundance this year. Master. Very yeah. 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 Master and Honk for Jesus Savior. So both of which very different. Uh, I'm a huge fan of hers. More Me people too. I'm, a, ha- I'm a huge fan of all three. And yeah. Wanda and Amy at least have uh, Oscar hosting, not Oscar hosting, awards show hosting experience. And yeah. um, Amy's going to lead it off. She's going to be the, 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 the first one out. Um, and it was sort of inspired. I think what happened, Eric, is that they chased after Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez right. from, from the Only TV Murders series. in the Building, which Thank is pretty you. fun. And it's a good cross-promotional concept. For so they would have been, it would have been yeah. in their interest. Exactly. Yeah. But it, the logistics of that didn't work out, but they had the concept of three people and how that would work. And mm-hmm. then they said, we could make that work with three other people. Yeah. All of those people are funny in theory. I think, you know, we've, we've had so many different experiences where, some kind of approach is ends up not working for various reasons that generally have to do with the fact that like the host may or may not be that engaged with the job and the material might may or may not be that strong, you know, whether it's the weirdness of the Hathaway Franco thing, or if it's something like, you know, Chris Rock, who is like kind of funny, but then some of his bits were problematic or there's just been like a lot of different. Or occasions. even what's the name of the star of Ted? Seth MacFarlane. Oh who, my God. Like, Seth nobody MacFarlane. Vetted that. Yeah. I mean, no, that I mean they're often totally inappropriate. Um, but not even appropriateness. It's like the material didn't work. It was, it, it's not now. And, and this is something notable. We should also talk about, which is the Academy's weird Twitter award is that it seems like the Academy wants to be very responsive to like social media and how people consume content to this day in in the sense that like you want a host that can go viral that can work in all these different kinds of platforms that'll get people chatting online about different kinds of moments and i just i don't know with these hosts like how how sticky they are in that respect what you need from an oscar host is someone who's a good on their feet you know experienced enough and stand-ups are good at that that amy and um wanda have that kind of uh poise that nothing's going to throw them you know regina is is someone who who is total veteran totally cool uh and and should be able to handle it um and they're going to feed her really good stuff and and it, i think i think that they are um excellent choices i'm i'm really i'm really delighted with them maybe they bring something to that context to the context of the show that you know a hugh jackman doesn't maybe there's some maybe they're looking at data that says that there's an underexploited audience that would actually watch what these people have to do but it's it's hard to discern yeah, it let's are, let's, that, that's an interesting question i mean amy schumer has a following for sure yeah. it's, a, it's a big following um wanda sykes has a very big following nice. yep and regina hall has a big following they, yeah. they they are they are all uh very very popular entertainers Right. Um, so maybe there's a basic math thing there where it's like you put it all together. And but are they can... capable of, of handling? So they, they know the room. Uh, they know who the players are. Um, and they're bringing in different perspectives, which I think is going to be really great. And ultimately, it's a question of like, how do you use just how do you thread all this in with the fact that it's still an award show? The Seth Rogen point of like, why should anybody care about any of this? 
is the point to put on a good show or is the point to hand out awards and celebrate Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. Well, that brings up your whole tweet thing. All right. So I have no issue with what they did with the, with the hosts, Um, but the hosts aren't going to move the needle. The, The needle is about the movies and Dune is a popular movie, but many, as we've pointed out, but many of the others are, are not, you know, don't look up did well on Netflix. And now Netflix is claiming that uh, the power of the dog has, has done really well uh, since the nominations and is in the top 10 again, along with, with don't look up, which always had been a, a popular movie. So, so the question, the, you know, hopefully the profile of these movies is going to continue to rise and more people will be invested in them and more people will want to watch the show. But doing this tweet contest so that they can get Spider-Man on the show, what if they vote for Drive My Car? You know? It almost makes me think like when the when there was all that pushback to the best popular film category, if like right. the it's idea the there was thing. like, but maybe the idea there was like, let's just come up with an idea that's so ridiculous that when we come up with a somewhat less ridiculous idea, by comparison, it'll seem totally normal. Because I actually think this is less egregious in the sense that it's like kind of easy to understand. It's like American Idol, like vote for your favorite, whatever. You know, they'll have a moment on the show that's pandering to the public. But on the other hand, it just shows you how hard they're working to try to make the show seem populist and accessible when in fact the choices that the Academy made were not. Yeah, and it, it is it is a classy Tony uh, highbrow group. Uh, critics approved of uh, with with applause. You know the choices that they made. I approve of them. You approve of them. The point is, is they're not con- going to be connecting with the American public. And it's when you have Titanic or Lord of the Rings uh, or Avatar that yeah. the people turn in. Yeah, I mean, I think that this conversation of like who should be watching the Oscars and what would make them entertained by the Oscars is such a kind of circular argument because it doesn't really think about like why it doesn't take into account why people watch TV in the first place. And, you know, there was uh, some conversation about this when the Super Bowl happened last weekend. Right. And we, we wanted to talk about some of the trailers we Which saw. Which had huge that. ratings, record yeah. ratings. And then everybody tuned in, tunes in every year for the halftime show. I mean, and, you, it's, that's and we all, I watched the halftime show. And what else did I watch? I watched the trailers. Why aren't the trailers being debuted on the Oscars? Why are yeah, they saved for the for the for the for the Super Bowl? Well, the again, Oscars circular, and they them. assume that the ratings are in the. Super Bowl, so they pay the money for the and, the, and you know, they know they're awesome. going to get this enormously wide yeah. audience, wider than anything in any other way. Because the audience for those for those trailers on its own isn't necessarily going to migrate to the Oscars. That audience is largely there for a lot of other reasons. That's true. So that's you want to reach the, the Super Bowl there. audience. That's the audience that isn't watching the Oscars. And, but you know uh, that. But here's here's what's notable about that to me. It's like. You're talking about like getting people interested in a film thing, even if like by and large people are not really interested in the film thing. And with the Super Bowl, you have the game and you have the halftime performance. With the Oscars, it's like I'm not sure that a few of the performances from the nominees for original song is enough. Like they to me, want Billie Eilish and yeah, they want but I mean, Beyonce. More. Find a reason to do this show that goes beyond just being an Oscar ceremony. That's they why give I give them just, some before. real clips, give them some new footage from or, new movies, or, give yeah, them something they no, haven't like seen before, I, break I, news. No, I like that. And I like the idea also of, of 
doing something creative outside the box. That's why I said it. What I was most disappointed about with the Soderbergh thing, and I know I've said it before, is when he said, what if the Oscars could be like a movie and then didn't deliver on that? Like, he only I would delivered love to the see. opening sequence. Yeah, but I would good. love, I wanted to see a, a, an actual movie that happened to have an award show in it. Like, I thought Soderbergh could do that. Like, shoot a movie live that had backstage scenes with movie stars and, you know, script it, and then put the award show into that. That would win. You got the safeties are. You got the safeties are uh, produce. You know, d- producing the Oscars, and you ended up with the people who knew how to be entertaining, producing the the music sequences and the after party. Um, and he didn't have a clue how to be entertaining. Um, yeah. he, in fact, he was going the other way. And but we should not judge. We should not judge uh the uh the the pandemic oscars um actually uh soderbergh made a really good pandemic movie which i really enjoyed uh called uh kimmy which which is on hbo max i thought I it was recommend it. it was fun and there were parts of it that i wish were slightly more polished but i enjoyed i like that scrappy about. quality he has but some oh, of I the mean, shots general, were gorgeous yeah no, the in general, were, the way he used seattle all of those yeah, well, as, as a seattleite i settings. also appreciated the way that he's sort of skewering a certain facet of the tech world there. That's like, you know, people who are like constantly like scrambling with like weird problems that the rest of us don't really understand. It's like the way that it's tied in with this like HR problem. Like what if you heard a murder like rear window style uh, or the conversation or something. yeah, Yeah. And then like, you're told like, Oh, well, it's not our job to, to be responsible for those things. I like that. aspect. I think it's a brilliant concept. Um, and I enjoyed watching the movie for sure. I just, I liked the way that he made, uh, Zoe Kravitz, you know, really kind of, uh, uptight and, and controlling. She's great. And, and I'm excited for her incredibly crabby, you know, she was surly in a way that women often are, are not. And and she's fun to watch. She carried it. She carried it very well. No, she's very good. I think the movie, what what I was hoping for there, there's a, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a climax in this movie that I think is very innovative because it's so of the moment and it's something we've never seen in a movie before. And I just felt like it, it happened really quickly. And maybe that's sort of what, can't hold me back from liking the movie overall, but uh, but I appreciate well, Soderbergh. Of it's course, a tip- he's uh, no, he's brilliant. Movie. I mean, it's a typical uh, pandemic movie, also, yeah. and it's very and much like the woman in the window. The woman in the window was uh, much worse. better than that. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's similar, and and there have been. I, I saw Lockdown, the Doug Lyman. There have been a lot of these movies that were actually made, conceived of, and executed during the pandemic that feel like pandemic movies. And and there was a part of me that resisted it for that reason uh, because yeah. it's become familiar. It's become a it's be, the but, person alone in their apartment, not wanting yeah, to go yeah. out, agoraphobic has become a little bit too familiar. Well, Soderbergh's been making pandemic movies in pre-pandemic times. Look at something like Bubble or even Girlfriend Experience. I mean, like super, you know, of the, you know, scrappy spur of the moment kinds of projects that I think, you know, are sort of key to his ability to keep working even when he chose to stop working because he can also do these big Magic Mike type things or Oceans movies. I mean, yes, he's going like... to do an, another one himself, another Magic Mike. I I think what I love about Soderbergh and and I think he's he's truly remarkable. I've always been a fan from from the very beginning. Um, and sometimes he executes well and sometimes he doesn't because he over um, he's one of those people who's always 
always working. He never stops. He just keeps moving. So sometimes he doesn't give his full, he's a little bit like uh, Eastwood in that way. You know, he moves on. He doesn't, you know, sweat over the takes or, or uh, you know, make it polished in the same way that a lot of other people do. Uh, I like, I, I sort of compare this movie to something like, um, licorice pizza in the sense that it's not, you know, pretentious. It's not trying to be any big deal, um, even though it's difficult to do, even though it requires a great deal of skill. Uh, it doesn't show itself off in the, in yeah. the way that some people feel like they have to be I, big. I can see that. I can see that. Well, on, the, on that note, I should, I should also acknowledge that there is a Channing Tatum movie that has Soderbergh thanked in the credits, and that's Dog, uh, which is Channing Tatum's directorial debut, opening exclusively in theaters, and he co-directed it with his producing partner, Reed Carolyn, also his first feature. This is also a pretty good pandemic movie. It could have been a pretty mediocre studio comedy, and it's not that. It's Channing Tatum as this war veteran whose buddy dies um, and the dog, his like military dog, the guy, dead guy's dog, uh, like his dying wish was for the dog to come to the funeral. So Channing Tatum is basically assigned to drive, go on a road trip with this military dog who's not very friendly uh, to take him to the funeral. And then at the end, the arrangement is that he has the dog is going to be put down because he has no more use for the military. So as you can imagine, you know, Channing Tatum being this sort of like sad PTSD guy uh, finds a, a new meaning in life through the relationship with this dog, which sounds ridiculous, but we haven't seen a good Channing Tatum lead role in a long time. Why he kind of dropped off the map. What made and him go out of circulation for so long? Well, first of all, Magic Mike made a lot of money and he that was his property. He owned it. So this is a wealthy guy who had the rare luxury to not work for a while. Um, but also I, uh, what we, we've come to understand is that the two these two guys were actually going to direct an X-Men movie uh, with, with uh, Chan Tatum as, as Gambit. And they spent a long time developing it and it fell apart with the Fox Disney merger, among other things. And so that I think there were a few different levels of, of, of what happened over the last few years with this, with this performer, but it, it's a good reminder that he has a really unique screen presence and can sort of elevate material that can get, that would seem I silly otherwise. Channing Magic Tatum Mike fan. is a great example of he that. Has he has never failed as far as yeah. I'm concerned. So no matter how like, bad the movie is, he's going to be good in it. Well, and Dog, I'm not going to like make any big, you know, claims to it being a masterpiece, but it's, it's, pretty satisfying it's actually it's it's quite funny and then and then moving towards the end so you know um it, it, it's a movie that i think theatrically has an interesting you know it's, it's ua and it, which is also has uh, licorice pizza and it's another movie that has a unique sort of theatrical potential around the country because it speaks to you know middle america given that it is about a veteran who we don't often see in liberal hollywood representation in ways that they want to see themselves so there's there's that aspect to it too which is kind of fascinating in any case it, it was nice to see a movie outside of the kind of, uh, you know, Oscar season. This is not a movie we're going to be talking about in six months about so, awards. So, prospects, so, so. What, what is the relationship between the other director? So this is a, this is his producing partner and they've worked together since uh, they actually met on stop loss. Kimberly Pierce's movie. He was a, he was a, an assistant on that movie, I believe. And, uh, and uh, have been working together ever since then. And they kind of built Magic Mike together on the writing side. So um, so it's a long-term kind of a thing. And whether or not that leads to, you know, more collaborations, I don't really know. But it was it was just uh, it was fascinating to-, to So it's a little bit like Seth like Rogen that. and his partner. Um, Evan Goldberg, yeah. yeah something yeah. like that. Sort of where you have one who's sort of the, the, the stars. Yeah, I hope, I hope they direct more stuff. I mean, I, I, there was, it was something, it was a kind of movie again, it was like, 
it, it felt like a, that Soderbergh kind of touch where it was like somebody got inside the material and figured out how to make it work as opposed to just taking its appeal for granted. So I hope more people can, can do that. Um, so, so back to the trailer question, um, the, we've seen a bunch of big, big trailers. Yeah, not, what's uh, around from, the corner now? Yeah. Think, so, so we saw Nope, which is, uh, the new Jordan Peele, which looked great to me, although it also looked like it is the same horror formula, if you like, that he's been doing in the past, but it looked like a great setup with, with uh, a kind thing. of Western he, trope he, to it. He leans into the horror auteur, the elevated horror, which is a terrible term, but like that concept of like using horror to say these bigger things. And also what I enjoyed about it was that it was like the ultimate kind of Kuleshov effects thing where it was like, everybody's looking at something, but we don't really know what they're looking at. You know, so you get the sense of dread and you don't really, and um, this is like somebody who's he knows very exactly what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. It would just, everybody's going to be guessing what it's about and all that kind of stuff. Whereas meanwhile, you get Dr. Strange too, which is, uh, you know, like giving you a lot of stuff to assume that it, you kind of, they have to, to, to the fans demand answers to it. I'm sure there'll be some surprises, but that just feels like another really big Marvel movie. I'll, I'll, you know, enjoy it maybe when I see it, but I have no idea if I should be excited or not on this. No, one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there is a Benedict Cumberbatch factor where he's sure. out and about because of, of that movie and commenting on that movie hurt. at the same time that he's working on the power of the dog. And I'm wondering, Will Smith isn't doing that much. And I'm wondering if Benedict doesn't have a chance uh, to take this. Uh, it's, it's, it's a question of, of a sense that King Richard has faded a bit, even though I know it's hugely popular and people love it. It's been a while since they were really talking about it. And, well, and I don't know what brings it back in to, you and, to and the conversation. Everything he possibly can to get in front of this movie. Stars of that size may or may not care enough to, to really. Well, he cares. I'm, I'm curious to see how he handles this. And then Jurassic World, I can't wait. Getting Sam Neill and Laura Dern and, and Jeff Goldblum, the old family, back together again. Although wait. that looked yeah. exhausting when I saw it. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the reboot of those movies or really any of them except for the only other Jurassic Park movie I like other than Jurassic Park is the second one that Spielberg directed, uh, the lost world, because it was Spielberg it was didn't know it's what he's doing. He had Very like good. really cool ideas and references to other kinds of movies and stuff. But since then it's just felt like it's really just rehashing a lot of things. And I know in this case, they're globe trotting. It looked like Raptors in a Bourne movie or something. And like they that were up in the point. Arctic where they were yeah. supposedly being contained, but not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, the Lord of the Rings, the rings of power. I have been skeptical all along uh, that you could take uh, this kind of thing and create uh, uh, what they're looking to do is create a Game of Thrones franchise kind of kind of, of series to go yeah. ahead, you know, using this brand name and, and taking the world of Middle Earth and and creating another uh, series around it. And I always I always wondered who the visionary was going to be. I mean, if you don't have a Peter Jackson, you need to have some other. So what this is, is a television series with a writer's room and and they're creating episodes and i looked at that trailer and i did not see something exciting i don't know yeah, what did you think it's been widely cited that amazon spent something like a billion dollars <laughs> on this um and has already greenlit more seasons and i think it's it's worth noting that a lot of time has passed since the last set of movies and so while we might think you know automatically that there is this better a version of, of this world out there. I think 
one one aspect of this that, that we might not recognize is that there's an audience that didn't doesn't really have an awareness of those movies didn't grow up with them and so forth i mean the even the hobbit trilogy that came after the lord of the rings trilogy that was a while ago so i would guess that amazon is betting that this is there is a window of opportunity to reintroduce people to this mythology to this world and even if it's not a masterpiece it's still a big world i mean tolkien created something that has lasted generations for a reason and my guess is that you know, the money and the spectacle and all that, if it's not a total disaster, then, then maybe it'll, it'll work out okay for them. But it, it's a question mark for sure. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm sold yet, but I also was not like the biggest game of Thrones guy. Although some parts of game of Thrones, I thought were really ridiculous. And I thought the way the show ended was really bad. And yet people still adore that show. So I loved uh, game of Thrones. uh, The Um, ending. You like the ending, even the ending. Uh, I was fine. Laughable. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll live. Uh, it, it was something I, I was with, you know, right from the start week after week, the whole, the whole way through. So it, it was all right. Um, okay, Eric, we're good. I think we'll see where we're at. We'll have some more updates, but I'm curious to see how campaigning continues as we get closer to another strangely, uh, discombobulated award season, but it's nice to have things somewhat back on track. So I'll see you next weekend and and hopefully award season will continue to give us something fun to talk about. I'm not, uh, I'm not worried about it. Me neither. Thanks, Eric. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.